Welcome to Keep Going Cat Radio. I am your host, Cat, and I am so excited to be bringing you a special episode, giving you a look behind the curtain in my program at the 90 Day Transformation. This program has been changing lives and has turned into my flagship program. In this 90-day transformation, we focus on creating goals that you can manage and maintain for life. I help you get super clear on how to balance your nutrition so you can eat the food that you love without ever feeling like you're on a diet. I show you how to eat more and get rid of the yo-yo diet mentality so you can get rid of that all-or-nothing process and stick to this for life. The workouts are quick, fun, and effective, and we're working out live together. So you, me, girl, on a Zoom date, doing a live workout with other women ready to crush goals. If you're ready to get the accountability that you need to make a major transformation, this is the program for you. Click the link in the information box of this podcast so you can get into the next cohort of this program. Every single client goes through an interview process and an application process and gets on the phone with me before joining the program. So I make sure this program is 100% a good fit for you and your goals. Let's dive into this episode. This is a recap of the training that I did for my Coffee with Cat. I host every Sunday for the women in my program. Today, we're talking with dealing with the haters, how to handle curveballs, and how to avoid emotional eating. What happens between you and the binge, and how you can kick those habits once and for all. Sit back, stay tuned, and get ready to get digging towards your goals. Before I even get into my whole spiel, um, I'm going to want everybody to just if you can, if you're not driving, if you're driving, please don't close your eyes. But if you can, wherever you are, just close your eyes and just take a really deep breath in through your nose, out through your mouth. I can see you. So if your eyes aren't closed, I can see your eyeballs. And I want you to start to just think of a few things that you're super grateful for. It could be a person in your life. It could be simply the place that you have to live. It could be a warm cup of coffee this morning. I just want you to take some deep breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth, and just sit in this feeling of gratitude. It could be a moment in your life. Maybe it was the day your child was born. Maybe it was the last time you got to spend some time with a friend. Just something that makes you feel deeply grateful. I just want you to really like hold in this moment for a second. So often we forget to take the time to acknowledge these amazing parts of our life. And we get so hyper-focused on the things that bring us stress and that bring us worry. And the little woo-woo aspect of me is I truly believe that our thoughts and what we think about and replay in our mind every day, we attract more of it. So if you are replaying stress and anxiousness, and worry, that's going to be what comes into your life. If you can find ways to tap into this feeling of abundance and gratitude every day, your life will change. So before you start to tally up all of the ways that you are stressed every day, I suggest to focus on the things that you are blessed with. 
even if it's simply a warm cup of coffee. Let everybody come back to earth. Love me some gratitude practice. So a lot of what um, I'm going to talk about this week is dealing with curveballs. So ideally, we could just skate through this process and no one would give us shit and nothing would happen and everything would be sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> but I know every single woman on this call knows very well that life doesn't work like that and life isn't perfect. And if we can learn to swim, then we won't drown. And so we have to be prepared to get wet in this process, you guys. Like it's not always gonna be perfect. Um, so one of the first things that I wanted to talk about today was like literally handling the haters. So some, some of you guys might be like, I have the most supportive community around me and like everybody just supports me and everything I do, so I'm good. Like I don't have any haters. Well, lucky for you, but that's not the reality of everyone else. And a lot of times when you start to make changes in your life, it can kind of like throw people off around you. People are like, that's like not what you, you don't work out. You don't like eat healthy. Like, what are you doing? What do you think? You're going to be like this fitness person all of a sudden? Like, I remember when I first started my journey and I had literally my best friend of 20 years, not in my life anymore tell me like, you're not like an inspirational guru cat. Like don't leave your job at the bar. <laughs> okay. So some of you guys might not deal with an extreme like that of someone being like shitting all over you. Hopefully you have people in your life that you can really lean on. But a lot of times where these people are coming from is not because they want to shit on your goals. It's because they want to keep you safe. So I know a lot of you guys, when we had our conversations about what your goals were, we've all experienced like the hardcore dieting and we've all experienced like taking on something that's not realistic, that is not healthy at all. And so a lot of times the people around you are like, Ooh, God, like you have this tracking app and you're doing this thing. Like, what are you doing? Like, this isn't you. And so some of those people, and I hope, I hope that those are most of the haters in your life, because usually that's coming from a more like genuine and loving place of like, I hope you're okay. Like, I, I don't know what, what you're doing, but whatever. And then some people, they're used to you taking up a certain amount of space energetically. So like, I'll use my friend, for example, like I was kind of the Robin to her Batman. Like she was the popular one. She was like the cooler one growing up. And like, I would always be like, oh, like she's the best. And like, she's the most talented and like successful. And like, I always deferred to her. And when I started having my own success, it kind of like changed our relationship. It was like this weird dynamic of usually I was going to her for advice. And then suddenly I was in a position where I could kind of give her advice. And it was weird. It was weird for our dynamic. So people are kind of used to you taking up this certain energetic space. And once you start to like feel yourself, they're like, whoa, like, whoa. And it makes them start to look at themselves objectively. They're like, shit, do I need to like, change? Like, is there something wrong with me? And it's easy because I know every single one of you guys are great people to be like, want to make ourselves small again for this person and be like, Oh no, I don't want to step on their toes. Like I don't want to make them feel bad. So it's like, you can have these wins and be like, Oh my God, I lost five pounds and I'm feeling so good. I'm like getting strong. And somebody that's not doing anything is going to be like, Ew, dick. 
Like I haven't thought about my weight in a while and that's nothing to do with you. So it is not up to us to carry the energetic weight of other people. Okay. It's okay for you to acknowledge the burdens that they're carrying, but don't start to stack them onto your plate and be like, Oh, well, since, you know, she's saying fuck it and doesn't care. I'm going to do that too. So she doesn't feel bad. Like I'm doing this diet thing and it's not up to her to worry about it. So I'm just going to put my goals on the back burner so I don't make her feel bad. But in reality, then we are not being in alignment with ourselves. We're not honoring these goals and promises that we've made for ourselves. And it makes her this icky pattern where we're meant, we made, we're made to feel like shit for just like making ourselves better. And this is something that when you start to surround yourself with people who support your goals, <clears throat> KGK, community, you're like, oh my God, whoa, there's actually people that like are excited when I win genuinely, even if it's not their winning season. Because we all have like our winning seasons and our losing seasons. And like the women who have been with me for years watched me in my fucking losing season and they were there for me, you know? And you will have some friends that when you're in your losing season, because they don't have enough things in their life to make themselves feel good, that's what makes them feel good. It's like this where you lie in the, in, in the world of how they judge the world. And unfortunately, and it's the reality of us as humans, we have to judge the people around us. It keeps us safe. Like when you're going to the store and there's like a creepy dude and you're like, ooh, he's creepy. I'm going to like go this way. Judgments keep us safe. So like, don't feel bad for judging people around you. That's just kind of what we do as humans. However, with that being said, when someone is judging you and trying to figure out where you land, when you start to do better than someone else, it can make other people feel icky. And that doesn't have anything to do with you again. You know, so the more we can separate ourselves from how us winning makes somebody, oh, I saw my typo. So I'm sure Dan saw my typo earlier. Anyway, <laughs> I love the end out. But the more that you can um, focus on your wins and you'll be better off and take advice from people who have been where you want to go. It's so easy to get caught up talking to people who have never done things that you want to do. And then you get their advice and you're like, Oh shit, maybe I'm on the wrong path. But if they've never experienced, and this can be fitness, this can be in your career. This can be in your relationship. If someone has not been where you want to go, it's going to be very hard for them to give you advice. So be aware of who you're taking advice from. Take things as a grain of salt. Somebody could be like, oh, that sounds restrictive. And you know in your head it's not. Take advice from somebody who, who's been, you know, where you want to go and has done it and walked the walk. Not somebody who's never even been willing to get uncomfortable and change. Because every single one of you guys made this commitment to like, I want to make a change. I'm willing to like get a little stretchy and like change my lifestyle. And like, that's not something that some people are willing to do. Like people are happy and safety and like things staying the same. And so every single one of you guys are like challenging the norm. You're like, I'm not going to do a fucking shakeology bullshit. I'm not going to, you know, cut out carbs. I'm not going to do keto. I'm not going to, you're like, I'm going to learn the real fucking way to do this. So you're already like, doing stuff in a weird way that a lot of people will not understand. So don't be surprised if people are like, what the fuck are you doing? Thought you were on a diet. I like, I remember going out with my husband after I had lost 65 pounds to the restaurant I used to work at. And the snotty bartender I used to work with comes up and she's like, Oh, I thought you're on a diet cut. Like you can eat that. 
And I'm like, bitch, like I eat like 2000 calories a day. Like I could squat you, you know? And it's because they don't understand your journey because they've never been willing to do the fucking hard work. All they've done probably is some bullshit yo-yo diet. And so they're looking at you and they see you winning and they assume what you're doing must be hard because people don't want to think that you know something that they might not know. I get a little fired up. I want you guys to start to have goals that are so big for yourself, whether it be fitness, whether it be in your career, your relationship, that you get a little uncomfortable before you tell somebody that you're like, "Mm, they might think that I'm like crazy for this goal. Like I remember telling people, like, I'm going to start this community and I want women to um, keep each other accountable. And we're going to like have this like accountability group on the internet and we're going to work out. People are like, why would they do that when they can go to the gym? (laughs) Well, here we are now, seven years later, you know, like people thought I was insane, insane. People thought I was crazy, crazy, batshit crazy when I was leaving my job. And so make goals like that for yourself. Make overarching goals for yourself in all aspects of your life. And don't bother telling them to people who don't make those types of goals for themselves. So you guys being in here, being like, I want to make a massive transformation. People around you might not care to make a massive transformation. So they will not understand your journey and it's not meant for them. So don't waste your breath trying to explain it to them. And the curveballs will come, you guys. Like like I was saying at the beginning, like to expect that everything is going to be smooth sailing all the time. Like I wish it was that way. Like I, I can tell you, I think the way, the reason why I am the way that I am, I could tell you a super sad story of all the shitty stuff that's happened to me in my life. Like we could sit here all day and just tally it up. Like, like, and, and that, those are not the things about me that made me resilient. It was my willing to dust myself off and get up and try again. You know, like stories that people don't know about me. Like in, in the fourth grade, I was a child model and I was molested and had child pornography made of me and it was distributed worldwide there was like a whole investigation like I was taken out of school like I went to therapy it was like a whole thing my mom went in went into a coma my senior of high school my parents got divorced those things do not fucking define me though you know what I mean so if we want to get caught up on the curveballs and being like oh shit like this sad thing happened to me And like, I, this is why I emotionally eat, or this is why, whatever. It's like, we have to feel our feelings and like get comfortable with the shitty stuff that's happened to us so we can dust ourselves off and like get up again. I'm never once going to be like, all of this bad stuff that happened to me is the reason why I can't get my shit together. You know, those are just stories that I can tell about myself or I can tell other stories about myself, you know, and it's up to us to decide the stories that we tell. We have to expect that curveballs are going to come and we have to be ready to like deal with them. And haters love uncertainty. So if you guys are second guessing yourself, if you made these goals and then you're like, but I don't know, like, like if I, if I work out the three times, like it's not that big of a deal. Like I set my bare minimum non-negotiable, but it's like, whatever. And like, I'm going to do this eating thing, but it's like, whatever. They love the uncertainty. They're going to get in there and unroot and be like, okay, cool. Yeah. It's probably not going to work. Like don't beat yourself up, you know? So I want you guys to be super clear on your goals and where you're headed and spend some time there every day being super clear on where you're headed. So if you have to have post-it notes, like I literally have a fat post-it note behind me because my business coach was like, 
I've been saying for two years, I was going to write a book. I'm going to fucking do it. It's like, now my post-it notes here. He yells at me every single day. And so if you guys have a goal that's like big, if it's fitness, if it's getting your workouts in, if it's loving yourself, put some fat sticky notes somewhere where you're going to see them every single day. So your goals are front and center in your mind all the time. So instead of having this like wishy-washy, like, yeah, I'd like this to happen or whatever, like be razor sharp and razor clear on where you're going, why you want to get there. So I asked all of you guys, you know, you guys that did your onboarding calls with me, why I know, okay, 20 pounds, 40 pounds, 60 pounds, 15 pounds. Okay, whatever. Why? Why? Get super clear on that. And then you'll be able to stay focused like a freaking racehorse on this shit. And remember, most of the time they're trying to keep you safe. That's really what it boils down to, is that we all as humans have this need to stay safe. And so when they hear you're doing something that's out of the norm, it worries people. So I I feel like the majority of people fall into this category. Moms, boyfriends, friends, they're trying to keep you safe. And stop waiting for the like that person that you guys probably all have somebody in your head that you're thinking of. They're never going to give you the permission slip to like get your goals. They're never going to be like, oh my God, here you go. Yeah, do it. Like that. If you're waiting for that from them, it's not going to happen. You have to give it to yourself. Okay. Moving on out of the, out of the hater talk. Cause that can bring us into this emotional space and the curveballs. We are going to talk about something that's kind of emotional, but I want to talk about emotional eating because this is something I grew up with my mom who was an emotional binge eater, and I definitely experienced a lot of emotional eating. I think all of us can um, say that we have experienced emotional eating in some capacity. Um, And I think that the biggest thing that we can look into before you have a binge, before you go into emotional eating is... Like, what is the intention behind the binge? What is your body trying to communicate? What are you hungry for? And when I'm asking you, what are you hungry for? I'm asking, like, what do you need most right now? Like, ask yourself, what, how can I love myself more? What am I actually hungry for? What do I need most right now? Because if we were to take a pause, like, and, and understand that this anxiety that I find that most people talk about before they emotionally eat is this feeling that we don't want to feel. And so we go to the food to numb that feeling instead of sitting there in that feeling and feeling it, because if we don't feel feelings, we cannot heal them. And that's something that I learned in therapy a long time ago is if I don't allow myself to feel all of these feelings that I have inside of my body and sit with them. And I, I, refer to it as it's okay to have a pity party, but don't set up camp there. You're not going to build your cabin at your pity party and be like, this is where I live now. Set up your, your overnight tent, have your fucking breakdown, feel those feelings. Because a lot of times these trapped anxieties in our body are from feelings that we, we are afraid to heal and feel. And so if we can let ourselves go through those feels and feel those feels and take pause in that moment, then we can figure out how can I love me more? What am I actually hungry for? Is it actually that I'm, I'm craving this feeling of comfort and safety that we can find in these comfort foods? Like, of course, like a warm cookie that tastes like something our grandma used to make. It's like this hug. 
you know? And so it's like in that moment, do I, am I lacking love? Am I lacking safety? Am I lacking that part? And how can I seek that out in this moment? Because if we can start to have food just be for hunger and health, our lives change. And I know that this doesn't speak to everybody. I know everybody on this call is not an emotional eater, but I know some of you guys, this message is everything. And so if this is something that you guys are dealing with, before you go to the food, ask yourself, what am I hungry for? These three questions. What am I actually hungry for? What do I need most right now? How can I love you more? You being me more. Went through this. And when we view this part of ourselves, I find that people that emotionally eat and binge eat look at this part of themselves with a lot of shame. They go to this part and they talk about it and they feel really bad about it. Instead of viewing this part and this anxiety, so when you start to feel the feels and you ask yourself, what am I actually hungry for right now? View that part of yourself from your heart, not your mind. What is my heart trying to tell me right now? Instead of looking at yourself like, God, I'm such an idiot. I just like, I get anxiety. We're very logical about it. I like talk to my boss. I talk to my mom and I get stressed out and I feel like shit and I just go and then I'm eating and, and then that's just the process. No, but like, what is the feeling? What is, what is, what is in my heart that is making me feel this way? Okay. And there's power in that pause, you know? And this, I hear, I love this quote. I, I, this is a speaker that I saw, Samantha Stelly. She does like, she's a breathwork facilitator and she is a, she is a certification for coaches um, that want to uh, work with binge eaters. But she said, anxiety is something that you experience, not who you are. So a lot of times people that have anxiety, they're like, I have anxiety, like I get anxiety. And it's like, it's, they take it on as their identity, but anxiety is an experience. Like it's something that you feel it is not who you are. And so if we can separate ourselves from that and understand that this is a feeling that I need to feel and understand what the deeper message is that my heart and that my mind and my body is trying to tell me. And a lot of times anxiety I find for me, especially it comes from doing things and saying yes to things that are not in alignment with myself. So the second I start to feel overwhelmed or anxious or stressed out, it's, it's generally because I have allowed new habits or rituals to slip into my life that do not serve me. And so I think of life like a bonsai tree. Like it's really difficult to go and try to chop off big limbs and big parts of your life and big habits and things that you do all the time. But if you can kind of always be trimming away things where you're like, oh, that's not serving our tree anymore. Do, 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 do. Constantly trimming things away, you're going to feel better overall. You're going to be able to grow more, right? That's the whole reason behind trimming away at a bonsai tree. And the biggest transformation that you guys will make I know that we're all here to make a fitness transformation. And maybe this is one of the more woo-woo trainings that I've done in a while, but this is this stuff is very important because the transformation happens at the crossroad of pain and love. It's where you see this pain in your life and you decide instead of continuously to look at this thing as pain and just focus on it and pick at it and put salt in it, we love that pain and let it fucking heal. Because if you don't feel these feelings that you guys have bottled up and the shit, if we can't heal the deeper thing behind like why we decide to say fuck it and not take care of our health, why we decide to say fuck it and, and eat, why we decide to say fuck it and skip these 
appointments that we make with ourselves that we know are going to improve our lives. If we can't get real with ourselves about why, it's going to be really difficult to rise above that. So figure out what's out of alignment, what needs to be pruned away, and where can I love myself more? Because the biggest transformation that I can say that I have made is in self-love. And that is not something that magically I flipped on a switch and I was like, oh my God, I love myself now. Weird, that happened overnight. And it didn't even happen after I lost the 65 pounds. It happened when I realized that there were so many things that I was just like suppressing and holding on to that I wasn't willing to really feel and heal. And once I realized that it had nothing to do with how my body looked, but how I felt and my mindset and all of that, then this huge transformation. And the biggest and easiest way to say no to sabotage is being so freaking clear on your goals every single day so you know exactly where you're headed. So as you start to go along this path, these attractive turnouts where people are like, well, fuck it, you've done so well. Why don't you do this? Instead of going on that attractive turnout, understand like you're in the long haul, like you're on this road trip and on this path where you're like, no, I know where my destination is. And along this path, there's going to be a lot of very attractive turnouts. And it's up to you guys to stay razor sharp and clear on your path. Your habits, rituals, and routines create your life. So if there's shit that you do daily, if you stand there daily in the mirror and go, fuck, I hate myself. Ew. If that's something you do daily, that creates your life. That's how you feel. And so just like practicing a plank, just like practicing jumping jacks and squats and all of these things you guys are practicing, we have to practice and bring the ritual of self-love into our lives. It's not, if you've spent decades hating yourself, it's not something that's gonna happen overnight. It's a muscle. We have to exercise this muscle. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Keep Going Cat Radio. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you took a moment to leave me a review. So go ahead and scroll down to the bottom of the iTunes app, leave me some stars, and let me know what you thought of this podcast. Or just take a screenshot and post it to your Instagram story and tag me. Let me know what spoke to you, if anything specifically you know, stood out, and I can help create more content based upon that. Have an amazing day, gorgeous.